We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, partner, Thursday, October 26th. That means it's week eight of this 2023 NFL season, which also means the Ravens are heading west. They just came back from across the pond, it feels like a matter of a week or so ago. But now they go west. The Arizona Cardinals await. It's a one-win team, yes, but as we've seen all throughout this season, it's a week-to-week league. We understand that. The Ravens understand that better than most, as we've seen a couple weeks. And we're looking forward to the official preview episode. Former NFL tight end and Cardinals analyst Ed Smith will join us. And I know we're both looking forward to this conversation. You can never take anybody lightly. You cannot play down to opponents. You cannot fear opponents. I mean, nobody expected what happened to Detroit to just get smashed. So, I mean... All NFL players are proud. They're looking to prove themselves, to make money. People are in contract years. So it is indeed still a big game. All right. Without further ado, let's bring him in. Like I mentioned, he's a former NFL tight end. He is a current Arizona Cardinals analyst out West, and we've got to get his perspective. And we'll begin with this, Ed. First of all, welcome inside the vault. We're glad you're here. And uh, I just wanted to, first of all, I, I loved what you said before we went on too. before we even get into the state of the Cardinals. You know John Harbaugh pretty well. You got to enlighten everybody about this. I do. I, you know, one of my years in the NFL was over in Philly, uh, 99. That was with Andy Reid's staff. And on that staff was one John Harbaugh. He was a special teams coach. And I knew back then that dude was destined for greatness in the league. Uh, you know, I didn't know where his path was going to take him. Uh, as soon as I heard that he got the Baltimore job many, many years ago, I was like, yeah, he's going to be successful. He's one of my favorite dudes in the NFL uh, as, as you know, a backup tight end in the league, he even had respect for me. You know, he used me uh, more than anybody did on special teams. And even one year, I remember that, that during the season, even drew up a fake field goal and had had me as the recipient of it. We never used it, but the fact that he was in it was in the install. I was I always loved that dude. If nothing else, just for that. <laughs> I think that most people I worked for the Ravens for 13 years. I was there when John Harbaugh was hired. There's just it is most people that know him and interact with them come away being like, how do you not like this guy? He makes you feel like you're seen and heard no matter how high up the chain he goes. So that's great. But let's let's switch over to the Cardinals here. Ed, you know, for 
Cardinals are an NFC team. The Ravens and the Cardinals don't meet that often. For those that haven't been following him too closely, what would you, we ask all of our guests this, what would you describe the state of the Cardinals through week eight? I would say a state of flux right now, Sarah. It's one of those situations where one in six uh, going into the year and even through the offseason that the T word was being thrown around, that this organization was going to tank. You know, we saw them strip the roster down to the bone, get rid of a, you know, a veteran quarterback. We go, you go get Joshua Dobbs as a backup, perennial backup. He's all of a sudden going to start with us. Had only been with the team 10 days before the start of the season. So, yeah, everybody was thinking tank. But then you watch this team over the first few weeks, and what impressed me about them is we were in several games, even though we lost them. Washington, uh, we a 20 to nothing lead at the half on the Giants, blew that one, but we did get the Dallas victory, our only one of the year. And since then, you know, we've kind of regressed a little bit, but this team is not a team with a lot of talent, but they are – fighting out there and that's what impresses me the most we got rookie head coach rookie staff everybody's kind of learning on the fly but what i like is there's no give up in this team and i guarantee you that john harbaugh and the staff they're probably reminding the 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 the, you know the ravens look what they did to dallas and that could be you if you go over there with that attitude looking past them so this team is not heading necessarily in the right direction wins and losses but i still like what i see in terms of their effort on the field, we just don't have the horses to keep up with uh, other more talented teams. You can't talk about the Arizona Cardinals without mentioning the franchise quarterback. You've yet to see him so far in 2023, and that is Kyler Murray, who, as you know, Ed, is in week two of his practice window opening since being essentially activated. And and I guess the question becomes, being that we're taping this on Thursday, the 26th. We don't have the Thursday injury report in front of us yet, but he was listed as a full participant on Wednesday. What do you think his status is for come Sunday? Uh, I, I don't think there's a, a chance that he plays in this game. I think it's too soon. They still have time, you know, with the window being open before they have to make the final decision. If they don't activate him on the 53-man roster in the window, he would actually have to go back to the pup and finish the, the year on that. My question is, we're one and six now, oh, one and seven after this game, potentially you get to the point of no return with a season. Yeah. And do you want to take your franchise quarterback who's been out with this knee injury, bring him back to a system where he's just learning himself, but we've got a, a makeshift offensive line at best minus James Conner, our running back, just put Zach Ertz on the IR, absolutely zero weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Do you want to put him out there in this mess to see what and to risk, you know, injury? Or I don't know how much they really want to do that. And it's going to be really interesting, like I said, because the window, the clock is ticking. I, if me, I wouldn't want to take my Ferrari and, you know, put it on a dirt track and, and run it around and you know damage my paint and, you know, undercarriage and anything like that. It's it's a sticky situation especially not knowing what they want to do moving forward next year, possibly in the draft, et cetera, et cetera. So we're all wait. Anybody who tells you they know what's going to happen or they think this, they, they have no idea, just like I don't. And I'm not going to pretend. And I'm, you know, waiting. It's almost like waiting for a movie to end because, you know, there's a surprise coming. I'm just I'm waiting. I want to see how this ends. But like I said, I couldn't tell you what they're thinking. I, Me personally, I wouldn't throw them out there. Yeah. 
Uh, I think you make a great point. If you if you substituted Lamar Jackson in for, for that, I'd be like, do not put like you. I think you have <laughs> oh. the perfect analogy. You do not put a Ferrari out there. There's no garage. <laughs> there's no garage door to protect him. Like let's let's not put him out there. Well, if that's the case, if Josh if Josh Dobbs is the expected um, starter, uh, tell us about him. How has he fared? Um, how is he commanding the offense? What kind of quarterback is he? So the simple fact that Josh got here 10 days before the season started, no OTAs, no development in this offense. You step in, you take over. Uh, I, I ask everybody, you know, cause everybody's clamoring for Clayton Toon in the meantime, before we get back to our, you know, Kyler Murray. And I'm like, wait a minute, you, you really think you want to see Clayton Toon at this point in time, that would be even worse than what Joshua Dobbs is doing. And Joshua, in my opinion, is doing a very respectable job with what he has. It's not like he's got this great offensive unit, all these weapons, you know, a coaching staff that is on top of everything because they're so experienced. He is doing the best with what he has. And, of course, it doesn't look like a franchise quarterback because he's not a franchise quarterback. So if, you know, and they're also – they haven't taken the training wheels off the bike either, meaning the offense is so conservative – he hasn't thrown a lot of interceptions, you know, to sprinkle in a couple here and there, but because they're not allowing him to throw the ball up the field. So with all these factors, it's like, what more can you ask from the man? I think he's doing a decent job uh, with what he has, which isn't much. And I, I'll expect to see the same until they eventually make the decision on Kyler Murray. Now, if Kyler Murray comes back, obviously all bets are off. We'll see what happens with Kyler. In the meantime, stay with Josh. He's doing a decent job. I would say if, if Kyler is shut down for the year, we get to week 12 or 13 and you want to see what Clayton Toon can do because you invested, you know, fifth round picking him, I say go right ahead. But this time of the season, we got too much football to be playing to be just throwing a rookie who's never had any experience in in with this group. You know, it's one thing if you had the talent like a Baltimore, or uh, the Jets team, and you just need the quarterback, you know. This is a situation we're not going anywhere this year. Let's let Josh ride it until we get to the end of the hill. And then if, you know, like say you make a decision on Kyler one way or the other, or you go ahead and want to see Clayton Tune at the end, that's fine. But right now, I would give Joshua a solid B, B plus you know, considering what he's working with. One of the guys that he does have at his disposal is a former Raven, as Sarah's tweet outlines here. Zay Flowers, the Ravens rookie, and a former Ravens rookie who is now in Arizona, like I mentioned, Marquise Hollywood Brown, <laughs> are both leading uh, their their teams, respectively, in receptions and receiving yards. You see Zay, 39 catches for 442 yards and a tutty, along with Hollywood's 32 for 383 and three touchdowns. So I guess just big picture, Ed, first and foremost, he's a polarizing figure in Baltimore, Marquise, for whatever reason. But we got to ask you, what has his tenure so far been uh, from your vantage point in uh, Arizona? Well, first off, Bob, I like that you call Marquise. His mama name is Marquise. I'm gonna call him Marquise. That Hollywood stuff, I hate that. Um, Me too. I, you know, he's he's done. Yeah, see, um, he's done. A, he's he's been a, a a good fit out here. I don't, you know, obviously he was not part of Austin Fort's plan. He came and inherited him. Uh, Steve Kime and Kingsbury made the decision two drafts ago. And at first, when they made the, the – we gave up a first-round pick for him. And we're all – at least myself, I was scratching my head like, what the heck are they doing? We need so much help on the offensive line. We need this and that. 
Why are we going to get a wide receiver? And then we find out that DeAndre Hopkins, during the season, the previous season, they got popped for PDs, was going to miss the first six weeks of the season. It was almost like a panic move. We need a wide receiver. Let's go get one. Uh, you know, Marquise has done a good job. I would beg to say that even he – with the you know the current situation playing with Joshua Dobbs is not the ideal situation. He'd much rather be catching balls from Kyler Murray, more d- dynamic offense, throwing the ball more up the field. But you know it is what it is, and he's done a great job in terms of being an outlet for Joshua. Um, you know, thirty-two catches is very respectable. The three touchdowns is good. We just don't have a lot of firepower surrounding him. So it's very easy for teams. And, you know, Marquise isn't a big wide receiver, so it's easy for teams to cover him sometimes, especially, you know, you take Connor out of the mix. Urch is now no longer there. Teams can double him. We, You know, we got a young crew uh, kind of assisting him, but he's done a pretty good job since he's been here. We'll see what the plan is moving forward. You know, obviously finishing this season, going into the offseason, what type of moves the Cardinals make. But he's been a good addition um, over here with the Cardinals. Hey, Ed, more more on Marquise here. Uh, I don't get the feeling that anybody at the Ravens has like hard feelings about him asking for a trade out. I know he was in the Greg Roman offense, which was more run first. Lamar Jackson was just asked about him the other day and said, how did it feel to you? Because obviously they knew each other from childhood, growing up in the same area. And Lamar was like, hey, man, he's got to make a decision for him. He has to feed his family. If it were up to me, he'd still be here, but had no ill will towards it. But from Ravens fans, there's definitely a segment that wonders if he regrets asking for the trade, given what's happened with the injuries over there and whatnot. Do you get a sense of whether he regrets it or if he just is like, you know what, I made my decision and I'm I'm sticking with it and I'm happy? That is a great question, Sarah, and he would never say he regrets it. But as a former athlete, we always say the things that we, one, expect people to – people expect of us and right. will never admit to making a mistake. I guarantee you if he had a do-over, especially with the new offense that came over to Baltimore, you know, yeah, I, the, the situation here – well, the grass is never – greener never is very rarely greener on the other side and you know knowing what he knows now with the changes that were made there the injuries here uh you know new coaching staff uh new philosophy everything here i think he would probably in a dark room with nobody listening would say yeah maybe maybe i wish i had stayed over there because that five and two looks a whole lot better than this one and six over here right now you know, not to continue harping on the Marquise conversation, but to Sarah's point, a lot of folks within this fan base are interested in him for better or for worse, just in terms of what happened here, what he did and didn't do. And by the way, he was an awfully, all things considered, he was very productive here in Baltimore. So I say he's polarizing. I say he gets dragged by a portion of this fan base. But when you look at the numbers, and yes, it's you stack them up against not exactly the the most plentiful wide receiver history core in Baltimore. You got to give him his flowers in that sense. Can you talk to us about the development of of him? Because when he left, I think the knock on him and some of the fans were were upset about, okay, he's not going to – run you over, right? He's not going to be your overwhelming presence. He's, he's going to run out of bounds a time or two instead of kind of taking on contact, right? Like he doesn't run with the sturdiness with which maybe 
Zay Flowers runs his routes, right? There, there's different body compositions there. Has he developed as as a wide receiver for you guys? I know he's been banged up a little bit, but just speak to us about the on-field play just in terms of his habits. You know, I being a former athlete, I, I don't like the – you know, sometimes it's like I'd rather focus on the positive and not the negative, but you bring up some great points, Bobby. I think, you know, he's not – in my opinion, when they made the, the trade, I was scratching my head. I continued – and once he was here – you know, he was playing second fiddle to DeAndre Hopkins. So it kind of got lost a little bit that, you know, he wasn't a one because he I it was almost like he wanted to go somewhere and be the number one receiver. And you come here. Obviously, you're playing behind DeAndre Hopkins when DeAndre came back. In the meantime, those first six games while DeAndre was suspended, I did not see number one receiver from him. And, you know, this is when Kyler was healthy and everything was kind of sputtering here already. Anyway, I, you know, I, I think, you know, as far as development, he's been good, but he still hasn't, like, for me, he hasn't taken that next step, you know, of we have to game plan for Marquise. But he's, you know, all due respect because guys, they work hard and they deserve every all the flowers and stuff that they get because it's not hard to get to this level. But there's only so many number one receivers, and I just haven't seen that from him to this yeah. point, he could one day develop. But as you mentioned, one of the things that's going to be, you know, a hindrance with size alone, you know, I just, you know, I don't, I'm not a big fan of the smaller wide receivers um, that, you know, they it's harder for them to command that number one title for me. Uh, so like I said, in the meantime, he's the best we got and we're rolling with it. But at some point they're going to have to upgrade that position and it'll be interesting whether he's here in the upgrade or not. All right. Well, moving on from Marquise here, good little conversation on him. We could we'll go an entire episode. There. Let's be honest, yeah. if they want yeah. to, right? He's just he's just such a talking point in Baltimore. It's it's interesting. <laughs> but all right. Well, Ed, we know that Zach Ertz, as you've kind of mentioned it, is on IR. He joins James Conner, who I believe was leading was your leading rusher. Yes. Where where is the offense coming from? Where's the production coming from? Obviously, Marquise is leading in the receiving core. Where else can they lean on and to, to pick up some offensive production? Oh, my goodness. That's a great question. We've got a backup <laughs> quarterback. we got backup running backs. we got small uh, wide receiver group. This is going to – and then uh, an offensive line that's still trying to figure it out. And, you know, they made the first-round pick last year with P- Paris. You know, great move. But that, that unit is still a work in progress. So where do we find our offense? We have to be so creative. And and that's one thing we haven't done to this point. We don't have number one anything in any of our positions with Connor being down, with Ertz being now on IR. It's going to be a mystery to me where we come up with the offense uh, to support Joshua Dobbs. The one thing I would say is we're at the point now of no return. I keep preaching or keep screaming, I should say, we should be one of those offenses that you never know what we're going to do. We should have every trick in the book ready to to unleash because if we're going to just line up against you and think we're going to beat you, that's not what the Cardinals are capable of. And we've seen what has happened. We've come out, come out and had some decent starts, held teams at bay for the first half, and then all of a sudden the second half they make adjustments because they see what we're doing. Our coaching staff is still trying to figure it out. They're not quite there with making the halftime or in-game adjustments. Teams just run away from us in the second half. We're very – non-productive so 
you know, where do we get the offense? I say we have to be more creative. I couldn't name a player specifically. I just think our game plan as a whole needs to change, you know, more explosiveness. We need to take some shots up the field, you know, maybe some jet, you know, just mix some things in because like I said we just don't have the talent um, to, to match up. So it's a, it's a great question. I wish I had the answer because we obviously haven't seen it to this point. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So most of us can probably agree. It's just straight up more fun to be there for live Ravens football. And when you need tickets, Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official resale ticket marketplace of the Ravens, Ticketmaster has a wide selection of fully verified resale tickets. Their interactive seat map gives you 360-degree previews of your section to make sure you have the best view of those pivotal plays. And mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. You can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors. Plus, if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. So do yourself a favor and find verified resale tickets today by visiting Ticketmaster.com forward slash Ravens. Uh, I get it, man. And, and, you know, I think the direct correlation probably lies within the numbers here. And it's awfully staggering (laughs) to look at the two different defenses in terms of statistically speaking and rankings. I mean, it's night and day and and you look at where Arizona's is right now. I mean, it's, it's really, it doesn't matter what category it is, not where it needs to be. Are you expecting the Ravens to just attack at all angles, offensively speaking? And what is one matchup, I guess, when you look at, at the struggles that that Arizona's defense has put forth here statistically, what's one matchup that you're concerned about where the Ravens might have? And you know, well, there's there's going to be many advantages we know yeah. that, but what's the one that you're concerned about the most? Let's say that. Well, you know, Javon and my myself, our partner, we did our uh, podcast earlier today. We do the radio show, uh, we're prepping for that this week, and we we've been talking about the matchup. Uh, and the thing that scares me the most is especially coming off the game, what you guys did to Detroit, you dismantled them. And it was, it wasn't just Lamar running all around the place. It was Lamar kind of dictating, staying in the pocket when he was, you know, supposed to find him head up, find the receivers down the, of uh, the field. And then with his runs, he's being very particular with them, picking up the necessary yards, getting out of bounds. You notice he hasn't taken any huge hits or anything like that. The matchup for me, is not is not singular. This is can our defense 
come up with a game plan, meaning staff and players. When you get, come up with the game plan, they have to execute it. We have to somehow figure out a way to keep Lamar in the pocket, but also get pressure, not allow him to escape. What that means, you know, our defensive ends, our, our edge guys, you can't go flying up the field, you know, recklessly looking for sacks or anything like that. You got to maintain your lanes and not go too far and allow Lamar to escape to either continue to look down the field or get out of the pocket and get positive yards. Interior rush, you got to push along with the, the edge guys to make sure you keep them in that little you know, pocket and not let him get out. Once he, you know, you see, once he scrambles, I say he's he's so effective because he's throwing the ball down the field and also can run it. So game plan has to be attack, but don't attack at the same time. You got to do it smartly. And as far as our secondary, try to keep up with Andrews and your receiving group. You know, this is, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like uh, on paper, you guys should come in here and destroy us. Now, we know it doesn't work like that all the time. Um, We have to somehow be aggressive but smart at the same time. And, you know, it's it's kind of like we don't have the the guys. We don't have the talent to do that. But, you know, we never know. We'll see what they do. This one on paper to me, like, looks like a a, a straight uh, bulldog, though. I think you guys might come here and wreak some havoc on us. (laughs) All right, well, Ed, we always finish. Some people do it and some people don't. We always ask for a prediction with a score if you want to do that. And as you do that, just a question. I know all the players, they're all playing for their lives, their livelihood, their families. But is there any part of the fan base or the front office that wouldn't mind losing as they could maybe potentially eye the number one overall pick? Well, coaching staffs never want to lose. We know that. Front office, they don't mind it, especially when you're looking at where we could be with – you know, picks from, you know, and stuff like that. So we'll, you know, fan base there, you know, they get so tied up in the wins and losses and, you know, and then the expectations because everybody thinks their team should be out there fighting for a Super Bowl. The the reality is this front office and coaching staff took over a mess. They've dismantled it and now they're trying to rebuild it. What does that mean? We're going to take some lumps here in this first season. Um, I personally like what they're doing in terms of creating, I don't like using the C word, but the culture. They started, you know, guys are accountable in the building uh, and they're playing hard on the field. So we're heading, in my opinion, in the right direction, regardless of the record. You know, so like I said, it's going to be uh, a, a tough sled through the, the, the second half of the season as we get closer to it. Prediction-wise, I've already said on paper, this looks like a molly wop to me. This looks like Ravens coming here, and if they handle their business, this is one of those. Now the Cardinals will probably try to muck it up a little bit, make it dirty, keep the ball, play a little keep away if they can. Just don't think we can keep it away from Lamar and the boys long enough. Uh, even if it's a slow start, I think you guys get the, the the flow going in the second half, and this is one of those 30 to 13 type games for me. So I think the Ravens come in when comfortably – um, in in the end, there could be a fight in the beginning because these boys out here, they're playing as hard as they can with what they have. But we don't match up on paper or in reality, in my opinion. You know, Ed, unfortunately, just to catch you up to speed, Sarah and I both uh, 
chasing objectivity, of course, picked the Detroit Lions a week ago. So, so that shows you where we're at. Yeah. I, I, thought, I thought that, and I called him. I was like, the fighting Campbells are going to give them all kind of grief. And then, like I said, that was, you talking about, I did the same thing as you guys. I thought, you know what? After the way the Baltimore played sometimes, because they're off and on sometime, I thought, this is one of those ones. Now, Detroit's going to go in there and get him. And, man, you're talking about looking stupid. God, really? <laughs> oh, believe me, our audience has cooked us all week long, oh. for sure. Yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. Deservingly so, Ed. You can yeah. be found on Twitter, at Ed Smith Speaks, former NFL tight end, current analyst out there in Arizona mm. for the Cardinals. Let everybody know anything else that you want to promote. And, uh, again, we, we really appreciate you coming on today. Hey, I appreciate you guys, man. Same, we're not in the same division where we could do this more often, but anytime, you guys are great. Appreciate having me, having me on. Every, excuse me, everybody can follow me. It's all on my handles at Ed Smith Speaks on Twitter and Instagram and all that. And then I have the uh, my partner and I we do the Easy Sports Talk Show, which is a national show. If you go to SportsMap.com, it's every Saturday from one to three Eastern uh, in ninety five. Affiliates across 35 states. Uh, we took taking that next step. We also do the Believe in the Cardinals podcast. That can be found anywhere you watch, uh, catch your podcast. And it's B-L-E-A-V, Believe in the Cardinals. And uh, if you go to our uh, uh, Facebook page, we actually simulcast everything every Saturday as well. It's the Easy Sports Talk Show on Facebook. So that's where I'm at. And then one last thing, if you don't mind, uh, I, I wrote a book a bunch of years ago. If you go to edsmithspeaks.com, my autobiography, uh, Easy Does It, The Journey of a Lifetime, you can actually go to the book page and uh, get it. I sign every one personally and send them out when you order them from the uh, website. And we also have some great stuff as far as, you know, the show and other things that I do on the website. And that's edsmithspeaks.com or easysportstalk.com as well. Well, you have been grinding, Ed, since you retired. You have not. You did not go into retirement to to hang out. You were grinding. Good for you. Congratulations. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Once again, you guys are great. I love being on with you. Likewise, Ed. All right. We appreciate you. Thanks for popping inside the vault. And man, that was as good as it gets. Right. Oh, man, he was great. He was great. Never, never met him before. But that was that was awesome. Really good inside analysis and just a good. Yeah. You can see why he's gone national. He's a good analyst. Yeah, just to like peel back the curtain a little bit. You know, sometimes we get reached out to by by these these folks that are sort of managing directors of different networks and they want to be able to promote their guys, right? And 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 that was Ed this week. You know, one of his I think one of the directors from the Believe Network, which you just mentioned, he just mentioned reached out and we're like, all right, yeah, let's, let's take a shot. You know, we, we've never spoken to him before at all before coming on the channel, which is oftentimes with a lot yeah. of the guests, especially outside of the division. Right. I mean, we have, we've mm-hmm. had on Brooke Pryor from Pittsburgh a couple of times and there's, there's familiar faces and names, but it's always nice when you take a chance like that. And then he's just so awesome and, and insightful and down to earth. And so I, I figured we could recap a little bit about what we just heard. And do we want to save our predictions for the Friday morning vault so we can Let's think it about both. it a little bit. Let's do it both. I don't need to think on this one too much. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> yeah. let's let's just start with predictions then. It's an eight and a half spread. The Ravens are being given, I'm sure I should say Arizona is being given eight and a half points. 
So that's that's what things are looking at right now. Lamar is 17 and one outright when favored by eight or more. His only loss was at the Dolphins in 2021. And as Jamison wrote on Twitter, this is the most Baltimore has ever been favored or has been favored by since the opener against Houston, which was a nine and a half point swing. So I think what Ed said, 30 to 13. I think I'll go. Obviously, you're going to Ravens win. I'm going to go. 35. Do I want to go that many points? It's a lot of points. Obviously, they just put up north of 30 a week ago against Detroit. Very different teams. I'll go 35-17 Ravens over the Cardinals. How about you? Well, I'm making this prediction, assuming Roquan Smith is going to play. And I don't know that at this time we like it's we again, like you said earlier, we don't even have the Thursday injury report, but let's say he's going to play. I struggle to know if they're going to get a touchdown if Roquan's out there. But because this is a home game and whatnot, I'm going to give him 10 points. I was I was toying with just giving him six, uh, but I'll give him 10. Who knows if Roquan will be out there? And I'll give the Ravens 30. So 30, I guess, to 10. 30-10. All right. Why am I giving Arizona so many points? This is what happens when you go on the fly. We'll see. (laughs) Maybe garbage time, right? Even though the Ravens don't believe in garbage time. Yeah, (laughs) maybe. Yeah, maybe. Kind of wanted to unpack the marquee stuff a little bit. Obviously, you know, he's – I think polarizing is the right word. Do you agree with that word when it comes to – Well, kind of. I just feel like there's definitely a segment that's like – I can't believe you left. There's another segment that's like, leave him alone. Like he made his decision. Like, let him be. Like, there's no, like, we're fine. We got Linderbaum from that pick. And now there's a flowers. So it's like, just leave him alone. Like, you know, kind of that. So, uh, so in that sense, I think he is polarizing. Cause some are like, no, why, like, why would you leave? That was a dumb move. And the other ones are like, okay, but leave him alone type of thing. Yeah. And he was good while he was here. Why is there? And, and I do like the way that they made the trade, like Marquise and Eric DeCostic kept it low key did. and it wasn't ugly. It wasn't ugly at all. And it is what it is at this point. Um, and I think that Ed's probably right. Like if, if Marquise is, being honest with, I'm sure Marquise is looking over here being like, dang, <laughs> that's pretty nice, you know? But how can you ever foresee that? Like, he didn't know if Greg Roman was ever going to be gone. And he thought his other friend, Kyler Murray, who, you know, he had, you know, he obviously had uh, time with and chemistry with. So it wasn't a crazy ask at the time, but, you know, stuff, life happens and you can never predict it. I was looking at his final season in Baltimore, statistically speaking, to kind of give some more context to what I said um, with with Ed, just in terms of his productivity. And in 2021, he played in all 16 games. He started in all 16 games. He had 91 receptions on 146 targets, a thousand yard receiving season by eight yards. He Mm -hmm. had six touchdowns. It was a let's see. Uh, yards per target, 6.9, and then a catch percentage of 62.3% and uh, a long of, of 49. So, you know, he he had that explosiveness. He had that yards after the catch. You saw spurts of it. That was obviously his best season, which made this so conflicting as a Ravens fan or somebody who covers them, right? When they make the trade, it's like, oh, darn. 
that was just his best season in terms of development and, and productivity. And next thing you know, he's, he's being shipped out to Arizona. If only he knew what was to come, right? I mean, now you're looking at a one-win team through seven weeks. Kyler hasn't even been available, Sarah. Now there is that Oklahoma connection, right? They, they both were former teammates. They're both former Oklahoma Sooners. I'm sure that was attractive. But, uh, mm-hmm. man, just – Talk about two teams going in completely different directions, kind of what Ed was hinting at there. Yeah, well, and I will say this. I really do. I genuinely mean this. I wish Marquise all the best because he's in a contract year. This is big for him. I hope he's able to go out and, like, in the terrible circumstances that he's now in, I hope he can ball out, just not this Sunday. <laughs> not, not this Sunday. And then after that, let's go ball out and let's earn a big co- second contract. How about it? How about it? By so. the way, by the way, Ed, this is what a this is a pros pro. Ed already has already emailed us. Great being with you both. Thanks for having me on. Let's stay connected. Continued success. Sincerely, Edward Smith. What a pros pro. And we got a new patron, which reminds me, we got a shout out and thank two of our returning ones. How about that? And I won't give, well, what the heck, since we're looking at the email, we'll give them two shout outs this month. Brian Walters. Thanks for being the new patron. <laughs> thank you, Brian. All right. Who do we have to thank this time around? Let's see. Alyssa Thomas and DJB. Thank you both for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. If you're interested in doing the same out there, you want to get involved, maybe you're a small business owner in Baltimore or outside of Baltimore, maybe you're just somebody who wants to throw us $1.99 a month to say thank you, maybe you want to do $4.99 to get a monthly shout-out. I don't know. Patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. The link is in the show notes below if you want to get more involved and support what we're building here. So I'll tell you what, Friday's Morning Vault, I think, just to tease it, is going to be a fun one on a number of levels. We have a ton of content to dive into related to the trade deadline. Derrick yep. Henry is is generating some buzz or at least a, a publication. A to Z Sports in Nashville is generating some buzz about the Ravens being the, quote, most interested team in Derrick, in King Henry, ahead of the deadline, which is Halloween at 4 p.m. Eastern. And then... Sarah, and we haven't even mentioned the other the other potential candidates that Jeff Zarebic outlined, which we'll which we'll dive into. Of course, we haven't even mentioned RG three and Kurt Warner and all of this conversation. That's I, I, my mentions. Are, I'm sure you're the same. We we're getting tagged in RG three videos about the Joe Flacco and Lamar days and the development and the mentorship. Like we have so much to discuss. It's going to be a jam packed one Friday morning. There's going to be so much to get through. So much to get through. I got to figure out though, Bobby, I'm like, is there like a thing on Twitter where you can turn off people tagging you? Like, but you can let others like, I don't mind if RG3 tags us, which he did on like three of his videos this morning. He tagged both of us, obviously hoping that we can promote it. Um, But I get tagged on Sony stuff because everybody wants us to retweet it. And I'm like, I can't I can't even get to the mentions like I want to see what Ravens fans are saying. And I can't see it because like all these national places are tagging us. I was like, I got to figure on Twitter how to like be untaggable to certain certain accounts. So because I really do. I want to see what people are saying to us, not what other people are saying to all these other accounts. So it's it's crazy out there. But yeah, RG3, there's a big conversation to have there. Yeah. 
you know, it goes without saying, if we miss a tweet, if we miss an email, like there's, there's a reasoning for it. We're not ignoring you. We probably just didn't see it, you know, or it's just a, a, a timing thing. So looking forward to dive into all of that. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the channel. We just hit our milestone of 10,000 subscriptions earlier this week in just under 13 months of creating on YouTube full-time, which has been just a joy and, and we really wanted to um, make sure we express our gratitude again tenfold and just say thanks for all the support that you guys are giving us we are available in the audio only space as well wherever you get your podcasts apple spotify google play you name it it's available and it'll be ready for you monday through friday 5 a.m eastern so a friday morning vault still to come and, of course, a Sunday post-game show. Remember, mark your calendars accordingly. It's a 425 kickoff. Ravens, Cardinals over on the West Coast in Arizona. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash blue wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.